Peace, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some prominent people, figures, and events from pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them. The date of this recording is Saturday, May the 22nd, and all signs point to summer having arrived as here in New York, the weather is skyrocketing up to the 80s, and I'm sure in not too long, we'll be looking at 90 to 100 degree weather. So I hope everyone is enjoying the good weather outside, and we'll jump right in to the sport that has been dominating the week as it has with many before this one, and that is the NBA, where the newly implemented play-in tournament, essentially a sudden death match for the 7th through 10th seeds in each conference. And there were only a few games, so we could dive into some commentary on each one, with the kickoff being the Hornets, facing the Indiana Pacers and getting absolutely blown out of the building. They were down by 40 points at one point. LaMelo Ball couldn't do too much offensively. And Pacers players were hitting three-pointers at an unbelievable clip. Players who are far from superstars were looking like some of the best shooters in the NBA. And that game was followed by the Boston Celtics taking on the Washington Wizards in a game that was expected to be much closer. Celtics superstar Jason Tatum went off for 50 points, just absolutely torching the Wizards at every turn. And as great of a player as Westbrook is, as great of a scorer as Bradley Beal is, they could not stop Jason Tatum from going off. And they couldn't match his offensive output as he continued to pour on points in each quarter. And this caused the Wizards to have to move on to the second elimination game as the Celtics clinched their spot to face the Brooklyn Nets in the first round of the playoffs. The next day, the Grizzlies took on the San Antonio Spurs. And though they had control of the game all the way through, the Spurs made a great run at the end to tighten the score, but the Grizzlies held on and proceeded to the second game for a chance to make the playoffs. Likewise, the Los Angeles Lakers were a part of a nail-biter against the Golden State Warriors, where the Warriors dominated the Lakers all game, but due to... A miracle run of sorts at the end, LeBron and the Lakers got the job done. LeBron, who late in the game would suffer a hit to the eye from Draymond, an unintentional one, but a poke nonetheless, he claimed to have been seeing three rims. And in seeing the three rims, at the end of the game, with the shot clock winding down, On one of the final possessions, LeBron got a pass back out off of a missed shot and hit a deep three-pointer over Steph Curry as a dagger of sorts to end the game. The Warriors had a chance to tie, but the Lakers put so many players on defense on Curry that they couldn't even get a shot up to tie the game. That set the stage for the Phoenix Suns to now take on the Los Angeles Lakers. And we have two second elimination games left. In the East, the Wizards would take on 
the Pacers for a chance to play the Philadelphia 76ers. And their offense absolutely went off. Westbrook didn't even have a ridiculous amount of points and neither did Bradley Beal. But they were spreading love as assists were coming left and right. Lobs were being caught. Open shots were being knocked down. And the Pacers just could not deal with the onslaught of offense as they got a taste of their own medicine against a high-powered offense. So the Wizards proceeded to move on and will take on the Philadelphia 76ers as a well-known beef exists where Russell Westbrook does not like Joel Embiid. So there will be tons of narratives flying throughout that game, and the Wizards, who at one point had a less than 5% chance of making the playoffs, have defied all odds. And in the West, the elimination game between the Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies went better than anyone could have expected. The Grizzlies holding on to the lead for most of the game unfortunately give it up at the end to some clutch shots from Warriors players such as Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green even. This game would go into overtime and the Warriors at home looked like they had their opportunity. But out of nowhere, clutch shots from Grayson Allen on the Grizzlies' back-to-back threes. Clutch shots from Kyle Anderson. And when the Warriors needed to get a stop for an opportunity to send it into a double overtime, John Morant takes the ball, drives, floater, dagger, called game. So the Memphis Grizzlies would upset the Golden State Warriors led by the highest scorer, the scoring champ this year, and Stephen Curry. And now John Morant coming off of a rookie of the year has a chance to prove to the world what he's really got. So now the Grizzlies will take on the Utah Jazz in a first-round series, riding off of an impressive clutch performance from some of their best players. And now it's only right for me to offer some predictions as to what I believe will take place in the first round of the playoffs. So we'll start off in the Eastern Conference, where I believe that the Sixers will easily handle the Wizards in the playoffs. That should not be a problem for them. Joel Embiid can dominate that team. There's no one who could even come close to defending him. The rest of the Sixers players really just need to make a few shots here and there. The defense of Philly is suffocating at times. And I don't believe Westbrook, whose shot is still questionable, will be able to punish them the way that he intends to. Similarly, the Brooklyn Nets should handle the Celtics. Now healthy with Harden, Durant, and Kyrie all on the court, this should be an easy matchup for them that results in an advancement to the second round. Now the two series in the East that are more up in the air are the New York Knicks taking on the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Miami Heat. And I believe that The New York Knicks defense that has been a top five defense consistently this year will be enough to stave off a couple of good games from Trey Young because that team is still very young, similar to the Knicks, but the discipline is not all the way there with that team. Offensively, they go through a lot of dry spots. They still make a lot of mistakes. And when you face a top defense like the Knicks, 
they strive and thrive off of that. So when they make those mistakes, that's a fast-break bucket for Julius Randle. The Hawks' defense itself is suspect. So even though the Knicks don't have a high-powered offense, they're sure to get their opportunities to score when they need to. And because of that, though I believe the Hawks will put up a fight, potentially taking one to two games, I think in the end the Knicks will bring it home and advance to the second round for the first time in a long time. Similarly, the Milwaukee Bucks were taken down by the Miami Heat in the playoffs last year. But what was lost on many people was the fact that Giannis suffered an injury, Eric Bledsoe was awful in the series. There was a lot of intangible things that led to their collapse, though I had even picked the Bucks to lose prior to that. But what's different this year? What's different is that they've acquired one of the best defenders in the league, not just deemed by fans, but by many NBA players, in Drew Holiday. So now the same buckets that Jimmy Butler was giving them can be a little bit less. They put one of the best defenders in the league on him. Maybe he doesn't do as much damage. Maybe Giannis, now knowing their game plan, plays more like a center, commanding the paint, stopping a Bam out of bio from going crazy. Maybe Chris Middleton, now that Eric Bledsoe is gone, now that Drew Holiday is actually a true shooter, can get more open shots as defenses were comfortable sagging off of Eric Bledsoe and shifting towards a Giannis and Chris Middleton, now they have to guard everyone straight up at the threat of being just absolutely torched from the three-point line. Yes, this will require Giannis to make some threes. Yes, this will not be an easy series where the Bucks just manhandle the heat. But in the end, I believe that this Bucks team is completely different. They have a different mentality this year. They didn't focus so much on regular season success. Giannis has looked better in terms of his decision making. And Drew Holiday will make all the difference in the world if he shows up to play. So we can move on to the Western Conference with some tougher matchups to call. With the Utah Jazz facing the Grizzlies, I have to pick Utah just because they've looked like a Spurs-esque team. One where every player is a great role player at least. Every player can knock down shots except for Rudy Gobert. And I find it very difficult to stop this offense. So the Grizzlies will have to play an almost perfect game in my opinion to compete with the system that they have going out there. There's a reason why this team was number one in the West for so long. So I'm picking Utah to handle the Grizzlies rather easily. Now, the rest of the matchup, starting with the Suns against the Lakers. The Suns have been so amazing this year. Chris Paul made all the difference in the world as a leader. In addition to Devin Booker continuing to step up. In addition to Monty Williams being a great coach. But in the end, when you're facing LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the other side of the ball, a lot of that stuff gets nullified. And... Though I believe the Suns will push this to six or seven games, I have to pick LeBron James, who's just a different beast in the playoffs. Similarly, the Los Angeles Clippers taking on the Dallas Mavericks, I have the urge to pick the Mavericks in this. 
Luka Doncic did a lot of damage to the Clippers in the playoffs last year. He now is having Kristaps back, though that won't make a super significant difference. But I'm picking the Clippers in six in this one. And the reason why is I can't bet against Kawhi and Paul George. I can't assume that playoff P, an absolutely dreadful shooter from the floor, will show up again. I have to believe Paul George is mentally in a better state. I have to believe that Kawhi Leonard will be willing to guard Luka to stop him from going crazy. And the Clippers overall are better at nearly every position other than Luka Doncic's. Which brings us to the final matchup, the Portland Trail Blazers taking on the Denver Nuggets. And to be totally frank, you could flip a coin on this one to make your pick and you wouldn't be wrong either way. But because of the loss of Jamal Murray for the Denver Nuggets, and the fact that this is the first time that Lillard would have a semi-completely healthy team for the Portland Trail Blazers, I'm actually picking Damian Lillard to come through with CJ and defeat this Denver Nuggets team in seven games. That's how close I believe this series will be. And those are my picks for the first round of the NBA playoffs. We can now proceed to the music side of things. Where the reports are coming back. And J. Cole's The Offseason is reporting to sell for about 280,000 units. Just a massive victory once again for those who are fans of quote-unquote real rap. As J. Cole currently holds the most successful album this year, at least for hip-hop, and I congratulate him on his success. Now, in terms of new music, this was a week of a lot of singles being dropped. But I'll only note a couple for you, because many, I believe, will be swept under the wayside just because of the pure amount of singles that were released. The first of which, Polo G and Lil Wayne, was the biggest single that people will talk about this week. As they released a new song called Gang Gang. And it's Polo G and Lil Wayne, two prominent figures in rap at the moment, who will just simply demand attention. And while I didn't get super standout track vibes from it, I do credit them for a solid performance. 42 Doug, a rapper who became way more popular after the song We Paid with Little Baby released his first album. And he led off with a single with him in Future. And there are plenty of great features on that project that I will come back next week and let you know if it's worth checking out. He was side by side release wise with Pooh Shiesty, who released a Shiesty Season Deluxe. Trying to garner some attention as well. But the album that I anticipate will get the most attention this week is Olivia Rodrigo's new album, Sour. Olivia Rodrigo, for those unfamiliar, is a former Disney star, the star of a show called Bizarre Vark. She starred alongside Jake Paul, actually, and now is pursuing a music career. She had a mega hit, a song that was dominating the charts in Driver's License. We briefly mentioned it when that song first started peaking on the charts. And now she's leveraging that. She's released multiple other singles. And now the album has come out sour. And many people have praised it. 
many people have related to it. And though I haven't had the time to listen to it yet, I will set aside time to listen for myself. While it technically fits in the pop music category, it seems to have a sadder energy to it. One of a person going through different phases in their life. With that being said, the only other major news that took place in the pop culture world was another boxing fiasco, this time featuring the stars of an upcoming event being promoted as YouTubers versus TikTokers. This event is headed by YouTuber Austin McBroom facing off against TikToker Bryce Hall. And in their press conference promoting the whole thing, they took a page out of Jake Paul's notebook and started a fight. There was a huge scuffle, people jumping on each other, boxing marketing at its finest as they play up this narrative that the boxers hate each other and people want to watch to see who gets knocked out. Personally, as a more technical fan of the sport, I don't anticipate that this will be a great event considering none of them outside of maybe one or two of the competitors actually are real boxers or have some history in boxing. But I'm sure that fans of these TikTokers or YouTubers are interested in seeing what the narrative is and what will unfold. But it allows me to pose a question rather than a lesson of the week in closing. And that is, how much do you believe that drama can benefit in terms of promotion marketing with regards to an entity? We know that this is going to get more eyes on the event. We know that the Mayweather fight is getting more eyes because of the drama. But when the drama starts to feel fabricated at times, I often see purists coming out and complaining. With these social media stars infiltrating the world of boxing and potentially in the future sports in general, as we're now seeing J. Cole entering the basketball world, the question still comes to play, why is it that they're able to move so seamlessly Why is it that these stars in the sport don't play more into their role? Is it an affinity for the natural purity of the sport, a love for that? Or are a lot of these fighters not as entertaining or fun to watch as people want them to be? And in all honesty, the pop culture fandom of the world will rather see a played up drama unfold rather than the purest boxers who are mute in press conferences and pre-fight weigh-ins. With that being said, thank you for listening. I appreciate you taking out your time. As always, let me know if there's any ways you believe I can improve the podcast to improve your listening experience. I thank you once again for being a fan of Behold Pop Culture. And I'll talk to you next week. This is Behold Pop Culture.